This episode of the Amphenol Frontline Podcast features Julie Hoban, Global Compliance Director for the Industrial Products Group, as she discusses the concept of contact tracing and why it's so important to ensure the health and safety of our employees. We talk about risk management and how the contact tracing method doesn't need to be perfect, but needs to be effective. We also talk about setting up a cross-functional team before deploying wearables devices to assist in contact tracing. For more information, please visit Amphenol Connections or the Frontline Dashboard as together we combat the coronavirus pandemic around the world. Julie, thank you for coming on once again to the Frontline Podcast as your second time guest now. And you've been an expert for everyone at Frontline uh, when it comes to a lot of the health and safety measures um, around our facilities. But the one thing that we wanted to talk about in this podcast, and it probably won't be the only time, uh, maybe the first of many, is the uh, concept of contact tracing and how how we do that and why it's so important to uh, to maintain the health and safety of the people in our facilities um, because that's where we have the most uh, control over really making sure that they're in a safe environment. So if you could, just in, in really broad strokes, if you could just talk about the, the concept of contact tracing and why it's important. Sure. Thank you very much, Chris. Well, it's great to be with you again today. Yeah. Um, appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and also, also to share uh, a bit of the message around contact tracing with our, our Amphenol community at large. Um, as you were mentioning contact tracing as a process, uh, I just want to sort of share some perspective about it. You know, my, my day job um, in compliance and quality really requires me to think about risk management in all aspects of our systems and our performance and our product uh, performance in, in particular. But certainly in the context of COVID-19, um, one of the most powerful risk management tools we have all together in battling this challenge is, in fact, contact tracing. Um, it's, it's really one of the key ways that we can systematically stop the transmission of the virus um, by focusing on identifying infected cases and then systematically identifying their contacts and getting that population who is impacted into a quarantine and isolation situation um, and limit their further contact with other people. And in a nutshell, that process of identification of cases in their contacts and then the systematic removal of them from the organization at large so that they can be safely away from other people um, is what contact tracing is all about. And when we do that quickly and effectively, we are able to really make a significant break in the chain of the viral transmission process. So it's where the infection process and the epidemiology um, kind of merges and intersects with uh, the process of people and how we manage the people appropriately. And really with an aim toward achieving our key missions at, at Amphenol, and that's protecting the health and safety of all of our employees. And by doing so, we protect our business. And those are our primary missions. Um, and so not only is contact tracing a great risk management tool, it's also a great business tool because it achieves that end. 
So we have a number of ways that we try to protect our people. Obviously, we talk about mask usage and we talk about social distancing and washing your hands. And if you're sick, don't come into work. Contact tracing is this. It's, it's a very difficult process when you actually break it down because it can get incredibly complicated if you don't have the proper uh, tools in place. And there are a number of different ways that you can do contact tracing to make sure that we account for all those exposure points that may have happened along the way. But if you start from some of the simple ways to do contact tracing, um, just talk about maybe a couple different ways that are just simple ways for, you know, for example, for a, a facility or an office that, you know, has maybe less than 20 people. Sure. I, I will start by saying simply that um, although contract, contact tracing um, sounds like a complex process, and there certainly are a number of elements to it, um, it does not have to be perfect. This is one example where simply getting started and having any impact will actually result in a pretty significant uh, reduction in your transmission of COVID-19. Great point. So yeah, great I, I, I want to make sure that that's uh, clear to everyone. Um, now, having said that, getting started and being able to respond quickly is really probably the most key element of, of setting yourself up for success with any type of contact tracing program that you would put in place. So the reason for that really relates to the infection cycle of the disease. And um, without going into too much detail there, I will simply say that there is a fairly narrow window of opportunity during which the next generation of an infected population um, has potentially become infected themselves, but is not yet infectious to others. And so it's in this window, which is really only about a two to three day time frame, that we want to be able to um, engage our contact tracing activities swiftly, because that two to three day window, once it's closed, will lead to further transmission and further generation cycles of infection. So knowing that we only have a two to three day window of opportunity, um, it's best to be very prepared well ahead of time mm -hmm. for an organization. And this is really where, you know, kind of getting all your tools lined up and your team lined up and doing some practice um, and a bit of training with simple methods uh, can really be an effective part of your overall contact tracing strategy. Um, we've actually developed locally with our interns and um, really just by kind of organic process development, uh, a couple of tools that we feature in our training, the COVID calendar and the COVID calculator, which assist with that. We've also, as you know, um, engaged with various organizations with technology to utilize wearable devices that will also provide a supplemental level of information as well as other aspects of, of how they can offer risk management um, inputs as well uh, to make the process of contact tracing a little easier. And again, with an eye toward making it as accurate as possible, but again, with as rapid access to that data as possible. When you have an infection and when you're dealing with a contact trace, um, the key element is really just understanding through the eyes of the infected person, all of those individuals with whom they've come into contact during a specific period of time. We typically focus on that time frame 
in the areas where we would consider them most at risk for being infectious. Mm -hmm. And it's that point of contact, um, both from a proximity as well as a duration of the contact that we would then further refine our identification of what we call close contacts. And then through systematically identifying those individuals and alerting them to their possible exposure to an infected person, we can get them into a quarantine situation and again, further restrict their contact with other individuals so that we break that transmission cycle. So Julie, as we talk then about methodology of doing contact tracing in these various facilities around Amphenol, once we get to a bit of the larger facilities, obviously the focus for many of the people that are listening here is the concept of wearing wearable devices to aid in this contact tracing process. Again, it can be complicated and you really want to put some forethought and effort into this before you do it, not just slap these devices on your people and have them start walking around. But in your opinion and your expertise and some of the training you've given, what are some of the recommendations that you would give for teams that are about to embark on this? Well, it's a great question, Chris. Thank you. Um, Certainly, I would say that in terms of the contact tracing uh, technology or even just in a general contact tracing um, method at large, formulating the right kind of cross-functional team is a key factor to success of either one of those outcomes. And what I mean by that is that when we consider the process of contact tracing and we consider the understanding of the data that it can generate and the information that we're trying to seek from that data, um, having a very cross-functional and diverse set of thinking styles about that data into information is important. So, for example, Um, With some of our trial sites, we're encouraging the involvement of the general manager. Um, The general manager can really understand what the key outcomes that they're seeking for their organization in terms of addressing overall risks to their full teams. Um, Having an individual from the HR side of the world is very critical because they're a key element in terms of facilitating communication and ensuring that the adoption of this method or technology um, is comfortable and can be most utilized by everyone without any um, type of uh, unintended outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, Having someone from an IT standpoint is also very important because the IT individual, you know, can really help be um, a key technical contributor to setting up a a wearable trial, Um, but also having, you know, a very keen data analyst who can really examine a lot of data, but with an eye toward uh, extracting good information, good knowledge about how you can utilize that data to further define risks within your organization, identify opportunities for additional training, Um, or additional points of control wherever they may exist in what you find out from a wearable trial. And then finally, you know, someone who is going to be um, capable of understanding how to uh, translate that understanding into actions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so people from the environmental health and safety community within an organization may also be key contributors because they will help execute the improvements to what you learn about uh, 
additional risk areas from the contact tracing process or from a trial itself. Very fascinating subject. We're really just getting started on this too, Julie. And I know we have, as you already mentioned, a couple of uh, trials going on at various divisions uh, around the U.S. right now. And we've seen some early, very unique and good results, I believe, um, you know, without you know, without going into too much detail, but it has certainly proven to be worthy thus far. Absolutely. Um, the, the early adoption uh, for our trial sites has been very positive. Um, we've had great engagement, not only from our teams uh, within Amphenol, um, but also on the supplier side too, for the technologies that we're examining. Um, it's, it's important to understand that the technology is emerging, particularly in the application toward COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are really at the forefront of uh, bringing this type of technology in-house, making it usable within an organization, um, really vetting out all of the areas where uh, logistically we can manage this type of technology very easily and pragmatically for Amphenol. Um, but at the same time, being able to generate not only risk-minded information, meaning looking for places where we might see long-duration, close, proximal contact points that we hadn't previously considered, Mm -hmm. and we can further lock down with additional PPE controls or engineering controls or job modification, uh, but also will supply us with that very rapid and accurate feedback in the event of an infection so that our contact tracing program in the event of an infection within an organization uh, can be done within that very narrow window of opportunity to have the most impact across the board. So the technology technology can be um, impactful both from a pre-infection standpoint as well as a post-infection standpoint. Again, very fascinating stuff and much more to come on this, I think, in subsequent episodes, Julie, as we get into a little bit more detail as far as how the trials are going, uh, what we've learned, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and some of the recommendations that you and the rest of the team have. So again, thank you so much, Julie. I'm sure we're going to talk about this again. Thanks, Chris. I look forward to it.